Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> But the fact is... Your ass is on the line. My ass is on the line. You just got off the phone with the mayor. I just got off the phone with the... What the mayor? Stop doing that! I'm trying to help. You're not doing this right. Well, maybe you should do it. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of making excuses for you two. You're an embarrassment to the department. Hello, mortals, and welcome to week 20 of You Can't Disappoint, a podcast. Big 2-0. We're here. We made it. How many months mm-hmm. is that? Is that like five, six? Uh, it, it depends on the month. Is it February? Did we, it depends did we on shoot? the month. Is it February right now? Oh, God. The <laughs> quarantine has really... <laughs> Taking its toll. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know when we started. I don't think... It wasn't February. Nah. We started like, in like April. April or May. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the show. I'm glad you made it. Shout out to our community daddy at communities on Twitter. Please go follow them. Thanks, um, Papa. Yeah, we're here to make Papa proud. Everything's <laughs> for you, Poppy. <laughs> and welcome to the show. I'm glad you joined us. Yeah, um, hello. Welcome. You know, I'm one of your two hosts. I'm Zach. And Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Steven, that's your second strike, okay? <laughs> the first so time loud. it was okay, and we started over. <laughs> the second so time... <sighs> and you are? Hi. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm Steven, and the Cookie Crisp mascot is most definitely not a damn wizard. Yeah. He... Oh, he was at one point. Nope. But he's a dog Fake news. thing He's a us, He's, right? a, he's a big bad young. wolf in a hoodie because he's urban, but he's hip. My type. Exactly my mm-hmm. type. <laughs> How are you, Steven? How was your week? Uh, it's It's been a, a good week. Long week, but quick week. <laughs> Most weeks are exactly the same length of time. Uh, not in February, though. <laughs> okay. Not this February. <laughs> not this February. <laughs> How are you doing, Zach? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, I don't know. You know this, but I'm moving literally tomorrow. As soon as we finish recording, I'm tearing down all that I've built here. Yeah, Zach finally turned himself in, and he's going to do some time in the clink. Yeah. In the you don't want to. You really don't want to know why. But <laughs> if you Google my name in a week or so, it'll be. There. <laughs> no, it's make sure exciting. you turn safe search off before you do that if you want to get any hits. We got the keys today. It's another apartment, but it's going to be, like, more private. You know, I didn't hear the floor creak at all when I was walking around it. That's a good and sign. we went today, and they gave us a checklist of, like, you know, write down what works, write down what doesn't mm-hmm. work. And there was some weird stuff, like, one of the bedrooms just didn't have a door. There was just all no right. door there, and they Kinky. had to fix it. And, I don't know, little stuff like that. We were really 
I don't know. I, I'm not super excited to be living in close perimeters with other people again. I, I'd like yeah. to have a little more space. So we were really hoping for like a quiet neighbor. And today we met our downstairs neighbor. And I think she's going to be quiet. But I think like my wish was granted with a condition. Because oh, it's like no. this old lady with a cute little dog. And she was like outside while we were going up to the apartment. And she said hello. And I was like, hi, where are your new neighbors? It's nice to meet you. And she was like, oh, I like you already. And it was like a nice thing. Yeah. And she like introduced herself and her dog. And then she got real close to us and said, I'm so glad to have neighbors that are white. Oh my god! Me and Steven were like, oh, or not me and Steven. Me and Lily were like, okay, go upstairs. Let's check oh out the place. Oh my god! <laughs> like, at least you'll probably be quiet, I guess. <laughs> oh man. That's fun. I can't wait to come visit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's all I got. Let's. I'll have, to tr- I'll have to turn off my anime music and put on some hip hop and, and really. <laughs> Drive it home. <laughs> turn wow. down the Ben Folds and turn up something. <laughs> hey, if if anything, though, you know that, like, in case of an emergency, like, the police will be called so fast, you're mm-hmm. going to be so safe. That's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope your week has been as interesting and exciting as we like to pretend ours were. Uh, thanks yeah. for coming aboard. This week we're talking about episode 20 of season 1. After this there's 5 episodes left of season 1 and then we're done. That's wow. crazy. We're talking about the science of illusion. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes before we get into things. Uh, if you want to send us trivia, we are in a place where we're going to have to send out like a massive call for trivia because we're going to record a bunch of episodes in the next 2 weeks and then take a couple weeks off from recording but still release stuff every week. So, if you're one of those people who wants to send in trivia that already does or would like an excuse to, um, this week we're calling for the next three episodes. So send us in for Contemporary American Poultry, The Art of Discourse, and Modern Warfare, which I'm sure will be a really big episode. Uh, Get in your trivia for all three of those at some point this week. Yes. Yeah. uh, Give us, like, And your favorite funny moments as well. Don't forget Ooh, those. yes, yes, yes. Don't forget about that. Sorry to step on you, Steven. That's okay. You know I like that. Uh, the uh, Also, if you've never sent in trivia before, now's a great time to start. Even totally. if you think that, you know, we'll know the answer. We probably Especially won't. send it in. Yeah, we, like we've tried to make the point of many times, I don't watch these at all. So yeah. I'm really just kind of guessing and agreeing with Zach. And really, like, if you're already listening to this, you like community, the two of those three episodes are contemporary American poultry and modern warfare. So, like, spend an hour, watch those episodes, and send us in a couple questions. We'd love to have you be a part of this. Uh, So, yeah, get all three of those episodes in this week. That'd be great. The other thing is I've been conducting some Twitter polls recently that if you are not already on board on the show Twitter, you should hop on. We're kind of doing a bracket-style tournament of all the Season 1 episodes to narrow it down to like the best episode of season one is voted on by you guys that engage with us on Twitter. So mm-hmm. if you don't uh, already follow You Can't Disappod on Twitter, we've done just two of them so far and there's a lot more to come. So hop on board. Yeah, so far you guys have decent tastes. Um, there was one, I can't remember which one it was, but I definitely disagreed with where well, the so poll far, was leaning. Uh, Modern Warfare moved, in, uh, moved yeah. on and the politics of human sexuality beat out the season finale pascal's triangle revisited yeah and communication studies just beat out advanced criminal law 
I think that's the one that I disagreed with because yeah. I think I like. I think that's a close one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my housekeeping. So send us in some trivia and funny moments, and just talk with us, and you'll be on the show. It'd be great. Um, speaking of Zach and housekeeping, Halloween is is coming up soon. And today when we're recording this is officially Halloween first. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to uh, ask the question that the fans really want to know. Zach, will you be in a maid outfit this year? You know, we haven't discussed this. We're going to be recording a Halloween episode. Yeah. I don't know if this is off pod or on pod talk, but I think it wouldn't be the worst thing to try to come up with some type of way to video record it and for us to be in some really light costumes. I am fine with that. I it'll be a good chance for me to I'm test sure out our my special guest would probably be inclined to join as well. Yeah. So we'll think about it and see if we can make something happen. I am extremely down for that. Okay. So, let's get into some trivia. Are we ready to get into some trivia? I think we are ready to get into some trivia, Olivia. Yes. In case you missed it, we are talking about the Science of Illusion. I don't know if I actually said the episode title or not. I, I think so. It was Maybe. directed by Adam Davidson, who was the director of Comparative Religion, Communication Studies. Uh, in the future, he directs The Art of Discourse, Conspiracy Theories and Interior Design, Curriculum Unavailable, Digital Estate Planning, and Wedding Videography. And it was written by Zach... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Pruitt. <laughs> it is with a P. It's either Pays or like Pais. I'm not mm -hmm. sure exactly with how it's spelled. Uh, and his only other writing credit was Environmental Science, which was a early highlight this season. Yeah. And this was the other episode he wrote. It was originally aired on March 25th, 2010. I didn't push it forward into the future this time. That's unfortunate. So let's um, do some trivia. I actually am prepared with four questions this Oh, week. snap. Well, I guess, you know, age before beauty. Not Okay, and I'm sure at least a couple of them will probably be repeated, but do you have three? Yeah. So I'll give you a first one. How long does it take Abed to run to the theater room? 37 seconds. Final answer. That is correct! You're <laughs> yeah. moving on to the lightning round where you question <laughs> me something. Okay, um, here we go. Here's a question for you. Okay. What are the requirements for pranks at Greendale? There were three that, that were said. They have to be racially inclusive. Kind of. Is that the wrong word? Um, I'll give that one to you. And honestly, that's the only one I got. Because I thought it was really funny how it was something like inclusivity, which was, or like, I don't know, tell me the three. Tell me the three. So it was physically safe. Yeah. Politically balanced. Yeah. And racially accessible. Racially accessible. I was thinking, <laughs> what kind of prank would be inaccessible? <laughs> I also, think, like, he meant, like, if it was like a... Like, I don't know, a specific Tyler Perry reference that the average person wouldn't oh, get. Oh, okay, you know? so it was, like, white people accessible is what he meant. <laughs> you okay. know, or the other way, like, if somebody made, like, a Bonanza reference or something. Oh, a Bonanza slaps, so I can't even... Can't I dropped the ball on that one a little bit. My next one, what all is on the prank Chang Frog Sombrero? There are three oh. things. One word thing and two visual things. Okay. Um, I'm. Are you including Senior Chang being written on it? Yes, that is one. The okay, other two so that's are visual. One. The other one was it a little guitar? Was that one of the symbols? No, sir. No. Okay, and then my only other guess would be a maraca. It was a sailboat. A sailboat and like a swordfish. <laughs> I thought fish, but like I was like, yeah. there wouldn't be a fish on there. Why? It was... Sure was. <laughs> Why? Okay, so you got my first one. 
didn't okay. get my second one. I didn't get your first one. Let's see if I can All be right. on par with you. Here we go. Okay. What is the cadaver's name, and how many nieces and nephews does he have? 13 for sure. Uh-huh. The name, I don't think this is right. The only thing that's coming to my head is Jason. Uh, not quite. I'll what give is you, it? you have another guess? No. Harry. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. See, and I thought, after my first watch, I thought it was Henry, and then when I watched it again, I was like, oh shit, it's Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is Police Chief Abed suffering from, which Annie and Shirley <laughs> oh are God. irritating? Um, sciatica. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> um, now, you watch a lot more Brooklyn Nine-Nine than I have. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I've seen all of it. well-versed. Yeah. Um, I, I thought of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in that part because even though that chief is like not like that at all it reminded you of something he would say it just that show is going to be really interesting because they've already been renewed for another season and the people on the cast and crew of that show are people who would tend to disagree with the police side of the police debate right now Mm -hmm. so they like totally scrapped their first couple episode scripts for the new season and they're like thinking like how can they do a show like that now and it be okay because it's always been a show where the cops in Brooklyn Nine-Nine are good cops, and they're, like, mm-hmm. fighting the people that are, are crooked. And, and it's, like, a always been a too brightly painted picture of what hopefully would be nice. I don't know. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see what they do. I've seen people pitch stuff as funny as, like, all of a sudden they all work at the post office. It's like, that well, would we got defunded, so and now we're all post office funny. employees. Yeah, I think that'd be funny, too. Anyway, that is it your really turn? Fun. My turn? It is my turn. All right, here we go. Another uh, multi-part question here. Oh, shit. What abilities are granted to a level six laser lotus? Oh, shit. I don't know. That that part made me laugh so hard. Understandable. But I, I don't know what, what he got. Um, they were... For shame. Immunity to germs. Oh, okay. Heightened psychic abilities. Okay. And the last one was better night vision. <laughs> and for bonus so there, I thought the tinted also... glasses were for that. Yeah. Well, you know, the bonus is that it would also increase his combat score because, <laughs> of course, being able to see better at night would make him a better fighter. All right, Nerd. Zach, what is, what, what is your numero Okay, quattro? this is my last one. So that was your last one. I, mm-hmm. I f***ed myself on all of your questions <laughs> just about this week. Uh, what is Britta's cat wearing in the photo Jeff uses as proof against her, and what does Britta feel the item does for the cat? Ah, well, it's wearing a very nice necktie, mm. and it makes him formal. There you go. I think you got <laughs> all four of mine. I missed, the, I missed the part of the hat one. You got part of it wrong. Yeah. But that was a very rousing round of trivia. Let's Woo-hoo! move on to what the people have prepared for us this week. All right. Let's see. We've got three emails this week, Zach. Let's see which one I open first. It's always a random click of the finger. And we've got an email from our pal, Anorak. Hey, guys. Last week's podcast was probably one of my favorites. Wow, thank you. If you would find that interesting, I could make a ranking about all of them at the end of the first season. Just an idea. I would love for you to Of our to make, podcast? Yes. Please make a ranking of all of our episodes. That yeah, if people did anything like that, we'll be sure to acknowledge it on the show. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, all right. This week's episode was a good one, but for me it doesn't reach episode 19 or of course episode 21 but still a decent one and some of the jokes were really funny uh her favorite scene was definitely annie spraying pepper spray at herself (laughs) i just crack up every time i watch it 
Allison Bree does such a good job and is, excuse me, and is as an actor and community slightly underrated in my opinion. The MVP is definitely Britta for me because I think they do a great job this episode in slowly transferring season one Britta into the seasons two and three Britta, which I personally like much more. Same. Um, it would also be that. interesting to hear who you think is the heart of the group because I'm not sure that it is Britta. I always thought it was Troy more like, or that Troy was more like it. I have, like always, three trivia questions. Um, all right, here we go. With what does Pierce get all the nutrients he needs? Uh, it's water, honey, and salt. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like, like a terrible... It's better if it goes down the wrong pipe. <laughs> we should drink that sometime. We should give it a try. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, all right, the next one is how many nieces and nephews did the corpse Harry have? That was 13. 13. Um, and okay... What do the two really visible posters say behind the first Troy and Abed in the morning? Um, I know Troy and Abed, winners. it's my birthday. Yep. I don't know the other one. I don't know the other one. We'll have to see. All right, okay. here we go. Um, bonus round. Oh, okay. This is a toughie. Uh, what is each individual reason to cry at the end of the episode, except for Jeff and Abed? Okay. Shirley was she crying about her age. Yeah, Shirley was crying about her age. Pierce was lying about his level. Yeah, Troy cried because of because the fake of the cookie, cookie crisp wand. thing. Annie cried because of she wanted to be taken more seriously. Yeah, and Britta cried because she lied. She's the buzzkill, and yeah, or, yeah, she's the buzzkill, and she's everyone the... was being down on her. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for those questions. Look at us, nailed it. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> Anorak 07. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Uh, we've got an email from Danny. She says, Hola. Disclaimer, my English has been particularly bad this week since I've been speaking mostly in Spanish, so I apologize in advance. Same, actually. Um, hope y'all are having a great week. You guys make me laugh so much. I really enjoyed hearing your take on beginner pottery. In this episode, I laughed the most at Troy confessing he didn't even get the Cookie Crisp Wizard reference. Totally. In general, I feel like any time Donald Glover has a crying scene, it is the absolute best, though. Absolutely. And of course, Abed directing throughout the episode was gold, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here are my questions. Sorry if they're repeated. You're not forgiven. Mm-hmm. How long does it take Abed to run to the theater department? 37 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. Boom, 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 dub, dub. Okay, name. Oh. oh, here we go. Name three animals that are in the lab besides frogs. I know there was what looked to be mm-hmm. like a, a porcupine. There were snakes, and there were mice. Thank you, Stephen. I did not know that one. It's okay. I looked only at the animals this episode. And a dead body. <laughs> and and uh, bingo! <laughs> Makes great sense. That's the golden ticket. Um, yeah, uh-huh. also, what the hell? Why is that in a regular yeah, we'll like get a room? There. We'll Those get should there. be... Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's Abed holding when he's sitting in the back of the security car with Annie and Shirley? Not sure if it's a car or what it's called kind of like that uh the golf cart type thing wait say that again what what did abed have in his hands when he was in the back seat with annie and shirley was it like a viewfinder because he was doing directorial was stuff? that what I it was i don't I really know that was like it something he was bar. looking through maybe i don't know what it was we'll i have no idea that i pulled that straight out of the butthole <laughs> nice uh and then what does leonard's sign say in the end tag that would be Troy and Troy and abed, it's, my birthday. it's my birthday do you think he was lying yes because yeah. you know you go to one of those shows and you say it's my birthday so they show you it's mm-hmm. not really your birthday no. you think leonard's gonna make it to another birthday come on 
I hope Be so. Be real. <laughs> um, hugs, Danny. Well, thanks, Danny. Next in up. Engl- in English next time, please. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias para las preguntas. She's Vivial. And our last email this week is from our buddy MJ. Hey there, MJ. He says, hey, Zach and Steven. Congrats on reaching your 20th official episode discussion. Can't believe I've been listening to you guys for around five months already. Excited for the road ahead for you guys. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the science of illusion, which is another underrated school hijinks episode from season one. Just like physical education and beginner pottery. It was the episode where they fully leaned in on Britta being the worst. Mm. And in spite of that, I think Gillian Jacobs did an amazing job at being simultaneously insufferable and sympathetic, which (laughs) is why I think I might have to give the MVP award this week to her. My Mm. favorite moment of the episode was the study group breaking down while Abed and Jeff awkwardly watched from a distance. As Abed puts it, just watch. It's beautiful. Glad y'all enjoyed my quiz last week. Here's a fresh round for y'all to ponder upon. All right, MJ's trivia round, week seven. Urban speak. Hip hop. Uh, Jerry rig the Sally Dals. Mm. Um, we actually did pretty well on that, by the way. MJ uh, tweeted he us fact-checked and like us gave a little the, bit. Yeah, we didn't do answers. too bad. We did okay. I'm pretty proud of us. Um, all right. To detoxify for the ascension ceremony, Pierce consumed only what during his fasting, and that was, was that, that lovely water, salt, mix and honey? Yeah. of the water, salt, and the honey bunny. Are you a honey man? Do you like honey? Yeah. I like honey a lot. Honey to sweeten coffee is very good. Oh, top notch. I drink my coffee black because I like hate the world, but I, uh, honey is good in it if I decide I want to. I like my coffee black. I like my coffee with, and I take coffee very seriously. In our new apartment, when I have the money for it, I really want to invest in a small espresso machine to like have at the house. I like my coffee without sweetener and a little bit of cream, like a little bit of cream, just enough to make it like, like, pretty dark brown still mm-hmm. occasionally i'll use a little bit of a flavored cream or occasionally i'll do that little bit of cream and a little bit of honey but often i just do cream, cream and honey and... is so good yeah if that's that's you really want something special for yourself when you yeah. when you've earned it it's like I've, I've been a good boy today yeah <laughs> you haven't had that in a while huh Mm-mm. all right i've been a real bad boy and you know it <laughs> which <laughs> What else? Uh, what were we doing? What are we doing here? Question, question number two. I got, I got, How fast can Abed else? run to the theater department? 37 seconds. That's three. I held up three. Made sure I held up my numbers. Your internet froze up for me. I did not catch that. Ah. I mean, it might have been me and not you. How fast can Abed run to the theater department? That'll be a solid 37 uh, seconds. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three. What two objects can be seen on the miniature sombrero that Britta made for her frog pink? Whoa! Yeah, a sailboat and a swordfish, bish. Nice. That was a good one. Um, what, did, what did Jeff call Annie and Shirley when they stopped him to frisk him up? That would be Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey, which on Brooklyn Nine-Nine are Terry's twin daughter's names. Which is adorable. They're named Cagney and Lacey. Terry Crews is great on that show. Um, number six. Oh, this is a good question. I I wish I had thought of making this a trivia question. Uh, how much That's in why damages we got MJ. did Annie and Shirley's high-speed pursuit cause in dollars? I think that was $78. Yeah, and yeah. we'll get to that scene, but the Dean's delivery oh my episode God. was killer. Like, so good. Nearly $78. <laughs> um, what object was Shirley about to use on Jeff during his interrogation before Britta confessed? That was a pizza, a pizza cutter. cutter. You're going to slice his... Yeah. And throw with it. Listen, Annie slammed his head on the table. They were 
bad cop, bad cop. Since you brought it up, fun fact about that I learned in the commentary was to be able to do that, they had like a mattress pad type thing that was made to look exactly like the tabletop. Oh, and that's it looked cool. exactly like the tabletop. You couldn't tell at all. Yeah, so it was Jackie Chan just would have let him slam his head. But Jackie know. Chan should have played Jeff Winger. That's my new answer for if you <laughs> I think recast. that would be freaking hilarious. Or Annie. One of the two. <laughs> well, maybe Jackie both. Chan is Annie. Like, like doing a, this. Uh, Eddie Murphy uh, uh, nutty professor situation <laughs> where Jackie Chan plays the entire study group. Except Pierce. <laughs> Who is still played by Chevy Chase. Exactly. That's what they were going to lose Chevy Chase, so they just replaced him. <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. This is too stupid. <laughs> um, number eight. <laughs> Whose birthday was it during the taping of the first episode of Troy and Abed in the morning? That would be Allegedly our Allegedly Leonard. Leonard. Allegedly. Yeah. Let's never let Jeff divide us again, mm. MJ. I couldn't Thanks, agree guys. more. Great, Thank you, friend. Great emails tonight. Um... Today. It's one thirty-seven in the afternoon. <laughs> it's not even that for me. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like twelve thirty-seven. Yeah. But yeah, so Zach, uh, what what did you think about this episode? I really liked it. Uh, I will start off by saying I think my funniest moment had to be that whole blurb when Pierce walks into the study room the first time, saying all the stuff about his religion. I feel like Chevy had this like gleam in his eye, delivering those silly lines that sometimes isn't kind of there, and I thought it was very very funny. Yeah. Um for me it is it's really tough between that because that was just so ridiculous. Um and the whole kind of interaction after uh the high speed pursuit mm-hmm. where the dean lays into them but then Abed That was my that second delivery, I, so it was good. between those two scenes. And this episode as a whole, I've gotta say, is like community as comfort food at yeah. its finest. This is an episode that, like, if I wouldn't necessarily say, okay, I really want to laugh really, really hard, it's not the episode I'd pick, but if I were watching through Community just, like, kind of mindlessly, and this episode we're on, it would be so nice and pleasant. This is one of those episodes, and it was when I watched it today, that, you know, putting it on, I remember the prank and the dead body, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that one. It's not exactly mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And then I was very pleasantly surprised by it, yeah. to where I wouldn't put it as high as like physical education or uh a couple of the other great ones we've had in the last couple of weeks what was the last really good one what was last week uh last week was pottery yeah pottery is really, really good. good i don't think it's quite to that level mm-hmm. but it was funny and entertaining and i think really well-rounded all characters considered um i have a lot of good things to say about this episode but it wasn't exactly anything that goes a little bit deeper I agree. When I when I finished watching, I think after the first or second time, I had a thought to myself that I was like, "This is why Community is such a good show." There's very nothing wholesome, special about this episode. There's nothing that like makes it stand out, but it's it's like on the you know mm-hmm. lower end of this first season. But that's just how strong the show is. You know, I think it's it's. I, don't I really know if I'd thoroughly put it enjoyed lower it. End. Well, I guess I I can't even think of that many episodes that have been bad. You know. I think there haven't been many of them been bad, but there have been a couple that I've been like, this wasn't exactly my favorite. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe I've lower end isn't the right word. But I it's think like, it's firmly it's... in the middle, mm-hmm. but I feel very fondly towards it. Yeah, Old yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Let's dive in. Are you ready? Yeah, Are you ready to Let's dip your toe in? You ready to yeah. get wet? With I'm me? about to dive in. Oh, oh, oh. I'm on the deep end. Watch me dive I'll never be Since I'm moving out tomorrow, I'm just going to be loud as f***. 
and do it be super awful to my neighbors i'll just i'll just sing the shallows <laughs> all night we'll move tonight at like 3 a.m okay diving into this episode it's a busy outside corridor and we get a classic dean pelton introduction to the episode i thought his whole april fool's day speech was really funny uh and just like you pulled on me leonard like <laughs> being the prankster in this episode that's like <laughs> I don't know, in those old 80s college movies that Leonard is, like, the guy who's like, let's go nail one over on yeah. the Dean. That he's this, like, troublemaker. That's something that they do it's... a lot in the show. And this is the first time when we've seen him be this mischievous. And uh, Richard Erdman commits hard to it. And it's yeah, he does. It's so good. And it's, it's great because you know that Leonard was even in the 80s too old to be that person that was doing these pranks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, it's, it's great. So good. Yeah, and the Dean is very funny in this episode, too, the way he tries to hold everything together and the way we kind of see a little bit more of the Dean that we know and love in the way he talks and acts to the other characters and see yeah. him on a little bit broader of a scale than usual. He, he was in this episode a decent amount. Uh, I guess April Fool's Day is a really important day at Greendale, and it's coming up, and, and school-wide pranks is a big thing. Yeah. April Fool's Day was always something I like thought about, but was never really something super in practice you know no my only april fool's day memory is one where i was on the receiving end of an april fool's joke that merely really boiled my my water i what uh, was it do you want to share i do actually um i i woke up about five thirty a.m to get ready for school oh and, i've heard the story yep and i walk into my pitch black bathroom to take a shower and i open the door and and suddenly I become awash with, with ice-cold water that would make a man shrivel to nothing. And I was enraged. And turns out my, at the time, I think probably like, I don't know, eight or nine-year-old brother had decided to like pull an April Fool's prank on me. So he put like a cup of water on the door. And it was a really good prank, but I did not find it amusing at the time. If you had been the one doing it, it would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been really good. <laughs> That's funny. I've never yeah. been pranked like that, but I have an idea for an April Fool's Day prank for us to pull at some point. That I don't Ooh. know if you remember me bringing Yeah, I do actually remember that, and I think fun. it's a really good idea. So stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, April Fool's Day was really not that, not that big of a part of my life. Did anyone have like big, elaborate April Fool's Day jokes? I feel like it's just a TV thing, kind of. Yeah. like Sort of. They're like companies that always pull April Fool's jokes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's really important to the dean that all of the April Fool's Day jokes be politically correct and uh, and be racially inclusive. And again, like, what kind of what is he expecting to go down other than like people getting tripped, you know, or people getting saran wrap on the toilet, you know? Right. I, I'd like classics. to see some some you know some Greendale like highlights, like almost like a wall of infamy of like the the best pranks ever pulled at Greendale. You know, they had to start saying that because there must have been a race-based prank in the past that led to these rules being... You know what I mean? Yeah, that wasn't accessible. Like, whenever there's a sign that says, don't stand up, it's always because there was someone who stood up. Who stood up and learned the hard way. The Dean has published literature to explain to people how to safely prank each other. It's a very (laughs) Dean, this concept of, of, of April Fool's Day being a big deal and being important... Uh, it, it all tracks very well. It, it's very Greendale. I it love really that is. Troy and Abed are obviously the type of people that would be really into something like this where they could prank each other yeah. and how they deconstruct the jar of peanuts. 
joke. It's so good because it's like they're just like an, a higher level of April Fool's like intellect. They're super big brain with it. The point of a practical joke is to shake up the system. For example, who wants some of these? Cool. Yeah. Looking for something? Nice. That the way Ovid like reacts as if he's expecting something to pop out, but also like reacts as if he's doing that intentionally because they planned this ahead of time. (laughs) Because the prank wasn't even on Abed, the prank was on everyone else. Looking for something, yeah. (laughs) And the the brochure mentions that because of increased shenanigans, that they allow students to become security guards for a couple of weeks. And... Annie and Shirley jump right on that. And what's going to follow is, you know, the buddy cop plot line with the two of them being security officers. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen them go full Stanford prison experiment. That would be freaking hilarious. Just last (laughs) night, uh, Lily and I watched. So South Park did a pandemic special. I I saw they were doing something new all all of a sudden. They haven't been on since last year. And they did this just like one off hour long episode that was hilarious. And they did this Stanford prison experiment kind of thing where the schools were reopening and the teachers weren't coming back because they didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And the police had just been defunded. <laughs> oh, my so God. So they hired all of the police <laughs> officers as, oh, as, as, like, substitute teachers. And it went far. And it was really funny. So okay, I'm going to have to watch that because that sounds so funny. Do something like that here if, if uh, Annie and Shirley with this power started being stanford prison experiment type hey six crazy. seasons in a movie it's never too late that's the movie <laughs> that's the movie the greendale prison experiment but yeah they're all on board to do this together and i think this is setting up a plot line that works really well not only for shirley and annie but for abed as well who yeah jumps right in on it and sees that it's a story set up and he wants to be there to see how it plays out and to push it along in its little way yeah i like this episode a lot for abed because i think that as a whole, Abed kind of represents almost like a, a narrator for the group a lot of the time. You know, mm-hmm. he's involved in it, but he always is kind of looking at it from that lens of outside in, even when totally. he's a part of it. And so this and is it's really by kind choice. of like it's it's yeah, absolutely exactly because of like I don't know things outside of his control. No, about I think he like wants to be the director looking at. Yeah, it. he like can see the fun stuff that's going on, and he's like, "This is deserves to be appreciated." You know, it's it's cool. And I think this episode, he really gets to, like, play that role. And you get to see how much in his mind he influences things. And even when he decides to, like, say out loud, like, mm-hmm. things are really influenced by, you know, he's he's driving the story. And I love it. Yeah, I we can't say enough positive things about Danny Pudi ever. Because even though this first season hasn't been very Abed-centric, I've always believed that Abed is, like, the beating heart of the show and that he's, like, the stitch that holds it all together. Yeah, and so to answer Anorak's question, absolutely, right, who we yeah. think the heart of the group is, I think we're both in pretty good agreement that, that it's, it's, Abed. it's Abed. Yeah, And I think you could argue most of them. I think you could argue why Pierce brings everyone together because yeah. of the way he—I think you could argue truly any of them. I think the, the go-to look is maybe Jeff, but Jeff— needs the group way more than anyone else does he thinks that he's the leader but he's he's the beta cuck (laughs) absolutely friend of the show joel McHale, come back on let's talk about it you know that like i don't know probably not by the end of the show but the way abed is at this point if they were like hey we're gonna stop having study group he would have been like okay and gone on and kept doing other things yeah you know what i mean absolutely 
Yeah. He'd be okay. like, cool, cool, cool. So Abed, because he's excited for the story ramifications of this Annie Shirley team up, asks which one would be the badass. And this sets up this kind of inner conflict between Annie and Shirley of like, they both feel like badasses, but they're both kind of looked at as soft. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to get really intense with it to prove why they're more badass than the other <laughs> one. Which is great. And I think that um, both Yvette and Allison Bree do such a great job in this episode of of playing their characters out of character. You know, of, of still being Shirley and well, Annie in character, even when acting. But, yeah. but showing them doing something different. Kind of like how Shirley did with being the sea captain last week. Yeah. Um, I think this episode is, if not like, I don't know, it's not that Allison Bree isn't great in every episode, but I think this is one of Annie's finest moments so far. She mm-hmm. had a couple of good moments in some of those early episodes, but here lately it's been Britta. So this has yeah. had some good, different Annie stuff that I liked a lot. It's nice to bring her a little back to the forefront. Pierce walks into the room, and as much, I don't know, criticism as we give Chevy the person and Pierce the character that I believe is mostly well-deserved, the yeah. runner of anything to do with Pierce's religion always <laughs> kills for me every time. I truly find it hilarious. No I think it's what. one of the best jokes in the whole show. The way he's so earnest and sincere <laughs> about it. Uh, I, and it starts with something that doesn't have anything to do with that. You know, he walks in and says, morning, mortals. And, and, and Troy and Abed want to get him with the, with the can bit. So they literally say, snake in a can. And Pierce doesn't bat an eye. He's like, oh, I can't. I'm, on a clen- I'm, on, I'm fasting because of his Buddhist church. I think that's a really funny... Uh, I don't know. Troy's like decided to set up a prank, and then Pier- the way Pierce reacts, I don't know. <laughs> no. I think it's very funny. It's good. He explains to everyone how he's leveling up to a level six laser lotus. Congratulations, good yeah. sir. That's tough to do. Yeah, uh, and he says it, and like looks at all of his people as if he's expecting something back from them, and they all just stare. <laughs> and he's like, I know, I was speechless too. <laughs> And he can't eat snake in a can because he can just eat salt water and honey in a cup. And Pierce takes the best drink. Yeah, Chevy has some really good physical comedy moments or, like, sounds that he has to make. And his, like, coughing, choking on the the honey salt water is pretty funny, I think. I think Chevy has a really good episode this week. Yeah, he definitely shined. (laughs) They all kind of give him a hard time about it. Um, and this is the line that I missed where Pierce explains that a level six, uh, you know, he's never met a level six. This is a big deal, but he hears that he'll have immunity to germs, which would have come very well in handy if, Man, if Pierce had lived to 2020. I really tried to get, you know, a higher level before this Corona stuff hit, but I did not even get close. Level three? Barely. And he's going to have heightened psychic ability and improved night vision. And yeah, his <laughs> combat score. I've never played D and D. Have you ever played D and D? Uh not no, not necessarily. The past like couple weeks, Lily and I have played a game with her dad called Munchkin. Have you ever played Munchkin? No. It's a card game, and it's kind of like comic book silly a little bit, and it's kind of based in D and D. But it's like a card game with like set rules, and you play your hand, and it's really really fun. And, that sounds cool. Like strategic. Uh, sometime if you're in town, have time to play a game. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. I've played um, a lot of like the phone, like mobile D and D games. I've never done anything like that. Yeah, it's it does the best it can to be Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not the same as like playing with real people. My so mom you don't play and brother with other play people a lot on the app. It's just a game. Yeah, 
Well, this is a little bit different, but that makes me think. Uh, I've been playing Among Us a lot this week, and it's been a lot of fun. And Steven hopped on and played with us one I night. I did. That game's a ton of fun. It hey, is if fun. anyone ever wants to play with us, hit us up. Yeah, for I'd sure. Be down. That game's super fun. I played with Steven's younger siblings. I know. A few days my, ago, and it was I got really a text fun. from my mom that said that my sister won one of the rounds. Mm-hmm. It was really it fun. Sounds about right. There was one time where your brother, I felt like he was chasing me, and that I was like just out of kill. Grasp, uh-huh. and i was just running to the emergency meeting button as fast as i could to try yeah. to survive it and i convinced everyone to vote him out and then it wasn't him <laughs> i was so sketched by him anyway uh he can pierce can see better at night and that's gonna help out really well i'm sure he's been having trouble with that as he do you want to hear a really numbers. fun fact that has yeah. to do with fighting at night I don't know how fun I can handle, but we'll see. Well, viewers, fun fact for you guys as well. Um, a big reason why pirates wore eye patches was not because they were missing an eye, but it was so that when night fell, they could very easily switch and already have an eye that was adjusted to the darkness. Wow, that was a pretty fun fact. I'll give you that. I did not know that. Interesting. Right? Neat. All right. <laughs> nerd dun, dun, dun. uh jeff i like how jeff is in the pranking spirit he takes this immediately as like okay how can we use this to our advantage to make pierce do silly stuff so yeah. he tells pierce that someone mailed in robes to the school and sends him to go find them and then jeff immediately sets up abed to go to the theater department where he can get there within 37 seconds yeah. to find something really silly for for pierce to wear and to bring it back I love that in the second half of the first season, Jeff is, like, down to clown. Like, he's he's interested in having fun with the group, and I think that just makes his character so much more likable. I do not miss the days of early season one where Jeff was like, I don't want a family, I don't want to love yeah. the study group, I'm just going <laughs> to bang Slater. You know, <laughs> that was his whole character. <laughs> what they've done with Jeff in the second half of the season has done so much. Yeah. Because watching the first half of the season, I knew Jeff had a lot of those qualities, but I was disliking him a lot more than I remembered. Yeah. And I'm glad to now be reassured that it's just because they were still developing the character. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when they start kind of bringing up the Brita buzzkill stuff. Uh, you know, when she says things, they sound a little bit less fun. <laughs> um, they're really mean to Brita. Yeah, poor Brita. They... I always thought the buzzkill thing is a little mean, but funny. Yeah. It's funny, but it is mean because Britta, more so than, you know, anyone, is, like, very vocal about needing this group. And maybe mm-hmm. not even yet, but, like, she's, mm-hmm. you know, very clearly needs this group a lot mm-hmm. and and values everyone in the group. And they really shit on her pretty constantly. A lot. You know, Troy calls her a fun vampire. She doesn't suck blood. She just sucks. She just sucks. That's mean. Damn. Funny, but mean. Oh. Uh, so yeah, Pierce comes back defeated. He didn't find his rose, but Abed's like, oh wait, I found him. And this is when we get the reveal of this, uh, wizard, wizard, this wizard robe that is slowly transforming Pierce into a serial mascot that, yeah, I'm not convinced ever truly existed. Mm-mm. Well, how, why does so that make silly. sense? Why would a wizard want cookies? He's a wizard. He can just make them just conjure cookies well he conjured the cereal probably Mm. how else could cookies be made into cereal if you're not stealing it from children how is it a commercial for the cereal you've been stealing commercials from children yeah i take all the rolls all of the pierce's just 
naive innocence in this. He's so happy and pleased putting on this robe. And I don't know, this proves that all the stuff he's saying is bullshit anyway. Because, I don't know, if it was a real cult, he'd be like, I've never seen anyone wear it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very silly. And I, it makes me laugh very much. Pretty much right after that, you know, uh, uh, Brito wasn't willing to make fun of Pierce and was the one to speak up on his behalf. And when Pierce comes back wearing it and everyone's like hyping him up, then he's like, Brito, don't be a buzzkill. You're the yeah. only one who doesn't like it. And that's what brings us to the theme song, which I miss. Yeah, miss him now we cut to the dean's office and shirley and annie are kind of getting like their security guard orientation and this is one of the first times that we see that the dean's begun to deck out his office and some dalmatian (laughs) stuff he's got posters is that what the the trivia question was was it was no and i was just about to say that there weren't any questions about the dean's office which surprised me because we've got like the little human being little bust of a head over there in the corner dalmatian Dalmatian posters we've got like a a dalmatian mug looks like a picture of of the human being and his other being on the wall on the board behind him totally (laughs) so they get these full security outfits and for 48 hours they have all the authority as a campus security thing and this is already at least visually looking like this type of thing you know you usually see the rookie cops back facing you and like their chief in front of them giving them the news and this is one of the first times that community has so uh so obviously copied a certain thing to a T. I don't know. It feels like Absolutely. another one of those pre-homage episodes that almost feels in line with like the Law and Order episode from season three. Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of the or last week was almost like the build up to this with like the way they shot that rescue scene like it was like a real rescue scene on an ocean. And this episode so many times throughout it, they shoot it like it's a cop movie. They're just inching their way closer and closer to you know next week's contemporary American poultry, mm-hmm. which is the big like mob movie yeah. episode. And I have to admit, I don't know if I've ever see- said this on the show. I've never seen Goodfellas. We should watch it this week. I am planning on watching Goodfellas Wednesday night, and we're having a special guest next week. We'll talk yeah, about we that are. later. And I believe he hasn't seen Goodfellas, and he's a huge movie dude. So I might try to talk him into watching it. Maybe we can all watch it. Yeah, absolutely, because Goodfellas is so good. Uh, by the way, uh, and I'll talk about this more next week, but I want to say it here so you can remind me in case I forget. Okay. I had an Uber driver yesterday who grew up on the same block as um, uh, Joe Pesci's character from Casino. And he was telling me okay. about like the real-life place, because I live like right by like the Grand cool. and like, that area, which is like all those Italian restaurants like those guys still go to. And like, that's the, awesome. the Grand Street crew is like Grand that's like a couple blocks from me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you will have to describe that a little bit more next week. Uh, the dean gives them windbreakers and whistles, and I love the dean's, like, this is when he does the, like, da, 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 and he, like, really, like, <laughs> overdoes it when he does it to Shirley, and, like, as he's trying to awkwardly put the necklace around her, it keeps making <laughs> noise. And... <laughs> He gives them a pepper spray as well, but it's his only one, and it's his. And he has this line <laughs> that made me laugh where he's like, I guess I'll just go to a grocery store in a better neighborhood this time. Maybe he can go to the same grocery store as my soon-to-be new downstairs neighborhood. Right? 
Also, I, I, I'd like to point out a flaw here because Annie reaches out very excitedly to take the the pepper spray because she says, well, I'm the badass, so I need mm-hmm. the, the pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the real badass not need pepper spray? I have no response, I suppose. <laughs> I don't think it's that real. Asking, but... the, asking the tough, tough questions. And surely this time, she's like, how do you figure that you're the badass? Because, you know, surely she's a, a sassy, exuberant woman, and Annie is very meek and calm and collected, so it would seem that Shirley could be the one who's a little bit more forward. Yeah. But also, Annie's had, like, like mental breakdowns and shit. There's, like, stuff underneath there that we're not seeing all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a pretty even battle that they both could be badasses, which is what they'll learn eventually. It's true. It's very empowering to the two of them, they can both be badasses. Yeah, well, here they're not on that page. They're just arguing over why one is more badass <laughs> than the other and why, I don't know, I don't know. The dean is like, what's going on here? And then it reveals that Abed's been sitting here watching the whole time, as promised. I think and I was probably in. laughing every time when I saw this, so I missed like the way that shot like pops up with revealed him. Revealed that hilarious. he was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he pops in to explain like what's happening, that buddy cop movies usually have a straight man and like a off-the-wall person, and they're trying to... Excuse me, that was a burp. And Gross. they're trying to... And they're trying to determine which of them is going to be which role, and the dean's just like, okay, and why are you here? And it's because Abed's cable went out, which tracks you know that he would just be sitting around watching tv all day but his cable's out so he's like that's a show i'll follow that around now now i think this is pretty obvious for us Mm -hmm. but viewers i want you to write in and tell us which one of us you think would be the straight man and who's who's the wild card who's the badass well if we're taking straight literally (laughs) i think it's yikes for both of us i don't yeah (laughs) i feel like um if we were to be like a detective agency or something, because you know we're not going to be cops, cause f- that. but uh, if you and I were to form a dynamic duo of like investigative prowess, we'd be pretty okay. good. We, I don't think so. We wouldn't get a lot done at first, but eventually, whoever our like think... third would be, our like our like you know buffer who would come and we just make uh, baby legs do all the work. <laughs> you know, I can do all the things that you regular legs can do. I don't need no regular leg partner. <laughs> he like falls down while they're pursuing like a like a perp, and he's like, "Oh, I've learned a real good lesson." <laughs> That's one of the funniest like bits from Rick and Morty. Shout out! I still uh, haven't seen the, the last de- season of that show. I thought the last season was good. I still um, I do feel like each like season of that I show like is a little bit less good. But I don't know if it's because of anything real or it's because of the weight between each season that it really hypes up when it comes back. I don't know. Mm. I still enjoy it quite a bit, but it's not as good as the first couple of seasons were anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Um. So now we cut to the cafeteria, and Britta is really determined to prove that she's not this buzzkill label that everyone's put on her. Mm-hmm. So she came up with this prank that she's going to pull, and she wants to tell Jeff about it. I really love Gillian's delivery and like how bubbly and energetic and like excited she is about what's going on and i don't think her prank's that bad i think it's funny i think it's laugh worthy it's it's yeah it follows all the the guidelines it's not racially offensive well i don't know is there a race that is considered is compared to frogs i don't think so (laughs) are there frog people that we should be concerned about offending only the argonians but i don't think that 
And this is where, uh, you know, Britta reveals that she had this little sombrero made and she's going to put it on a frog and put it on Chang's desk. It's a little, like, baseline prank. But for an entry-level prankster like Britta, I think it's fine. Especially with the reveal we get later on about how Chang feels about frogs. Yeah, and she didn't even know that. I think so it would have been great. So she did great. a great job. Mm-hmm. Jeff Good doesn't job, get Britta. it, though. He doesn't think it's funny, and after Britta calls that out, he pretends that it's funny. Uh, and Britta has a point because she calls out that Jeff just doesn't think it's funny because he only laughs at stuff that's at someone else's expense. Which, which is, is not true. untrue, yeah. They squabble over that for a little bit, and, you know, Britta storms off and says, I'll prove it to you. My prank's going to be so funny. Uh, the prank storyline is probably my least invested plot here. It's I agree. The only thing, but they don't spend that much time on it. They don't spend that much time on anything in this episode. It's a lot of series of vignettes. And it's almost like the A story is the Shirley Annie stuff. Yeah, I feel like it is. Which is Even though the title is confusing to me as well a little bit. The Science of Illusion. Because then it's what, talking about Pierce. The Science of Illusion, or like the prank. I don't know. I've never exactly understood this Well, I title. thought because he's like a wizard. I don't know. Most of the these episode titles, like it's very clear which episode it is from what they are. And this one is kind of vague. Yeah. Uh, so now we're back to the cafeteria and Pierce is trying out his psychic ability is guessing numbers that people are thinking of and and Troy's convinced he guessed the number Troy was thinking of and he he tries to do the same thing with Jeff and Jeff obliges this is a mean prank but Pierce is so asking for it by just being himself yeah I feel like if you walk in and tell me you're about to become a level six laser lotus I'm going to mess with you a little bit. I'm going to be like, what the f*** are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Starburns from a mile away points at Pierce. He's like, cookie crisp, cookie crisp. And Jeff's like, no, don't blow up my spot. Come on, it's a prank. Which is the only like out loud reference to the cookie crisp until the very end. So I was wondering, was there something cut? I wonder if it's that or if they can't say it too many times without Mm. it being a copyright thing. I have no idea. Because there was never a scene in it where he was like, where they explained the wand. I thought it was just funny because it was a cookie. Were you a Cookie Crisp kid at all? Did you ever get the Cookie Crisp? Not until I was older did I try them. I got it as a kid sometimes because I thought the idea was interesting. And in practice, they're fine. It's just about any other cereal. But I I would try it again. I love cereal. Yeah, cereal's good as hell. I think that Cookie Crisps are one of the best dry cereal. Okay. Did you what? ever get those, like, uh, they had those, like, mini tubs with, like, mini Oreos. Totally. But they also had the mini, like, that's Chips basically Cookie Crisp. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, if you're a man who uh, is a connoisseur of the cereal arts, mm-hmm. as I like myself to be, you know, when, when Lily and I go grocery shopping and we get to the cereal aisle, it's a yeah. very strategic choice. Gotta be. We talk about all the options that, like sound good to us we like see if we can find common ground now do and you guys get one both cereal at a picking time? our own box okay that's the move. it depends like if i want something ridiculous like sometimes i'll see the new thing and i have to try it sometimes we'll get like a big box of something a little more normal and share mm-hmm. it but my question to you is okay what is the ultimate just classic cereal to have like in the morning what are you grabbing what boxes is um honey nut cheerios I've never been a Cheerios flakes. man, but the Honey Nut yeah. variety is definitely a upstep. And I'm a I'm, big Honey Nut Cheerios guy if I'm just looking for, like, 
normal cereal. Mine is Frosted Flakes, so I'm glad Frosted you Flakes say goes that hard because as I don't think a lot of people say that. They're, They're so sweet. good. They leave the milk tasting great. That's what it is. And Best tasting milk is Frosted Flakes milk. I, I, people can I argue Cocoa Puffs. I 100% agree. Frosted Flakes milk tastes I better. I 100% agree. With some of the other milks, I think it's just a visual thing. Yeah. Because Cocoa Puff milk tastes different, but it doesn't taste like chocolate, really. It's not like chocolate milk. It's dusty brown milk. I'm I glad love we're on the milk. same page here. Now, uh, Frosted Flakes are great. My favorite, like if I want like a little sweeter cereal, I'm a big like Fruity Pebbles guy. But the reason I don't buy Fruity Pebbles is because it's a waste of my money, Zach. Because every time I eat them, I fill the bowl so violently fill with... It's like two bowls. Yeah. And then I get it again. Because what I like to do is put the milk on it, let it sit for like 10 seconds before I like begin my process. Like literally let it kind of like get a little mushy and then just hammer it. In my early days of freedom and living alone, I would definitely grab a box of cereal, grab bowl, grab gallon of milk, sit down Go and sit. watch a show for hours. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, Frosted Flakes, there's a Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes that's Frosted Flakes with Lucky Charms marshmallows. And that is, what? is a step above. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now Send us in. I'm interested. What's your favorite cereal? I um, think there are tons of great cereals. One more little cereal hack for the people out there. And, Zach, I know you've probably seen me do this. I'm assuming okay. you've tried it, um, especially when I lived in Muncie. Okay. But chips and cereal. No. So what you do, and I think the no. best combination of this is dry Cheerios. So you take some – or not Cheerios, dry uh, Lucky Charms. Take some Lucky Charms, take some potato chips, no <laughs> mix way. them up in a bowl, and then you eat them up. I, I was so ready to be on board with whatever you were going to say. It's that the is... perfect mix of salty and sweet. Everyone Knock it, right in. try it. Try it and tell me it's I'm not good as hell. I'm never going to try that. Try it and tell me it's not delicious. <laughs> Guys, please write into us your ultimate cereal <laughs> and please chastise Steven in your messages. <laughs> this travesty moving on jeff is just willing to totally hook line and sinker pierce and act like everything pierce is trying to read his mind is accurate and he presents pierce with a wand to harness all of his powers and it's very clearly got a cookie on top. <laughs> they get pierce to believe it's a meteor but but it's clearly not i like when he's like does it look like a cookie to you and he waves it around for everyone to see it. they like back away like, it's really dangerous <laughs> And one of the dumbest lines in this entire episode is when someone, I, I don't know what it is, like Troy says maybe it's a, maybe it's a piece of a meteor, meteor or whatever, like normal, and then Chevy says it really weird. He says <laughs> Buddha it came in on a meteor. <laughs> He's like in a meteor. meteor. Yeah, it sounded really weird. <laughs> Buddha arrived on a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha came to Earth on a meteor. I'm the coolest guy in the world, Pierce announces. <laughs> While dressed Very as cool. a wizard holding a cookie wand. But, you know, a guy in a wizard outfit carrying around a cookie wand walking amongst the halls of Greendale is the same as a boat sailing outside of your class on the pavement or a dead body falling out of one <laughs> of the windows. It's just part of the school. It's a part of the school. Okay, so now we get the scene where Britta is sneaking into a lab to get the frog that she's going to going to use. And for a, for a school that can't go on to afford a $78 damages bill, they sure do have a lot of animals. That is a porcupine. What the hell? Yeah, and a corpse. <laughs> and this a corpse. is a real stretch. This is like 
probably my least favorite thing about the episode is that they couldn't think of anything better to connect this prank with Britta doing something bad other than there being a corpse <laughs> a in the science body. room. It's not a medical school. It just doesn't work And you work don't keep all. a body just in a regular room. Those are no. in refrigerators. No, poor Henry. Harry? Harry. Poor Jimmy. What did I say his name was? Jerry. Jason. Poor Jason. Jason. So Bruno breaks into the frog cabinet and steals a frog. She's very tender with the frog. Frogs are weird, but I kind of like frogs. Have you ever eaten a frog? Yes, I have. Frog both, legs are very tasty. Uh, owned and eaten frogs. Same in the same uh, frog. No, the ones the frogs that I had were a little too small to eat. I had some bigger toads. I had some fire belly toads named Mike and Angela. Angela after the side character from Boy Meets World. And Mike, okay. after my waiter Mike at Garfield's. Garfield's. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. I thought he, was, I thought he did Garfield's. a great job. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you can't let kids name shit. Because they do dumb stuff like that. What the hell? Ugh. You know... <laughs> They're like, this is special. I had a fish named Lucky because it somehow survived, like, me being a child and trying to kill it, you know, and, like, barely keeping it alive. I was like, he's so lucky he survived past oh. all the odds. Shake it up in the back. <laughs> hey, Zach, I don't know no, if this is going to make no. it. Nope. I know exactly nope. what you're talking <laughs> that, about. That shall not be talked about. <laughs> I told this story, I think, to Lily, like, yesterday or today. Like, really recently oh. it came up. Uh, let's just say Stephen and I may have been involved in the murder of a fair goldfish in high school. Yeah, it's not a proud moment. It's really not. If we get canceled because of it, I understand yeah. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, this frog with the Chang hat, I think Britta was really onto something. I think it would have been funny if it it's had come to fruition. It's freaking cute, if nothing else. Look at it. However, I feel like anything, any any like no matter what Chang was wearing or saying, however he would have walked into that room and addressed, like whatever he would be wearing or saying would be much more of a prank on himself than this small little frog is. You know, he's already a walking, self-deprecating, I don't know. Yeah. So... Uh, Britta admires her work, and let's talk about how this goes from the frog hopping out to corpse falling out. The frog starts hopping around, and Britta searches for it on the ground, and when she goes to, like, grasp it, have you ever been in a situation where, like, you're trying to catch a fly or something, it's slippery. and it's right there, and you're like, everything stopped moving. I stop moving, the air stopped moving, Yeah, and then you go for it and still miss it. Absolutely, and it's the worst feeling in the world. And yeah, when she when she lunges for it, she knocks over this cadaver gurney to the open window. That's unzipped. It slides off. It's unzipped. <laughs> and regardless of how we got to this point, a dead body has fallen out of the window. And to everyone, you know, it's not like everyone goes right to, oh, there's a cadaver. They're like, like oh, oh my god. Just- this is such a weird thing. I just feel like the writers came up with a dead body falling out of the window and like had to commit to it that this is how they wrote it in, and it's just messy. It is a little messy, and literally and figuratively. Look at look at that room. A different show could have done this, and I wouldn't be calling it out. But Community should know better. Yeah. And when Britta I'm walks forward, she steps on the frog and she kills the frog mm-hmm. as well. 
We cut to outside. Uh, it looks like it's the next day, and they're assessing the damage from the body falling out of the window. There's police tape, Officer Kakowski, and I think this is the first time we're seeing the other police officer. Yeah. Who we will see quite a few times in the future. I love all of the Dean's lines here. First, he's like, well, and it makes it all worse that this was a new sign that was like, destroyed <laughs> by the body falling out. And then the exchange when he says, I just don't want this to tarnish our school's reputation. And the police officer is like, your school's reputation is way worse than this. This isn't <laughs> going to change anything. Uh, Annie and Shirley rush to the scene in a uh, like, smart car looking go-kart type thing yeah. that is so indicative that they were filming on a studio lot. <laughs> right? They literally just took and one of the carts. that was like one of their carts because no community college would have anything that looks like that. No. And they crash into the scene quite literally, chests, chests puffed, uh, you know, trying to come out as badass as possible. Annie introduces herself as the psycho because she had a nervous breakdown in high school. And she <laughs> downplays by saying Shirley's just a Christian housewife. You know. <laughs> I I think that Allison Brie here especially does such a good job of playing, like, trying to be a hard ass. <laughs> they both do. You know, Shirley's like, can we help? Wait, no, no I don't like to. I play by yet. my own rules. I'm going to help. <laughs> Annie gets right in the police officer's face. Um, this wouldn't happen in 2020. We wouldn't have people getting up in police officer's face. They would be shot and killed. Yeah, I wouldn't have made it this far. They see Shirley with a, her hand on her hip, and that'd be all she wrote. <laughs> She's getting away. Um, <laughs> oh. Self-defense. Oof. You should really watch the South Park pandemic special. I, I, I really want to. That There's a funny. thing where, like, the police officer teachers, I don't know, a couple of the kids are, like, they're in, like, shielded bubbles in their classroom, and they, uh, Cartman and another one of the kids start fighting, and the police are like, oh, they're breaking protocol, they're breaking protocol, and, like, acting like they're, like, they're, like, doing something. Yeah. And then they shoot and kill Token, oh, the black shit. kid, who's not involved yeah. at all. And they're like, oh, we got him. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Like, he almost got away. And then they get to say that it was due to COVID. That was oh. how he died. And he's like, well, if COVID hadn't happened, we wouldn't have been the teachers. He wouldn't have been killed. It was due to COVID. <gasps> oh, I my that God. In the podcast, but it was really funny. Oh, shit. That's good. That's good. They're able to, like, take stuff like that that's not funny and tell jokes about it. They're, yeah. But it are very funny. I think South Park's always been really good at that. But... <laughs> Annie and Shirley literally run to <laughs> to take on the case, and Abed follows shortly after them, cameras distance away, and the police officers also leave. They're kind of like, all right, well, call us when you know who did it. <laughs> Bye. Uh, so the dean's mad because Annie and Shirley kind of, you know, puffed out their chest a little too much and got the cops to be less involved, so now it's really on Shirley and Annie to fix this problem, to find who did this. And it's driving them even deeper into, like, the buddy cop and police chief scenario. And Abed is there to helpfully guide it into that direction as well. I love when Abed comes up with his little phone and just takes a picture. And he's like, that's the poster. So good. Okay, so now we're in Chang's Spanish classroom. Chang, even though he was the topic of this prank that Britta tried to pull off, is pretty absent in this episode. He only is there in the background of a couple of things. Uh, the dean is questioning Chang's Spanish class about this horrendous event that's occurred. Um, 
Annie and Shirley are right behind him as like tough backup trying to be tough and the Dean's kind of trying to be tough too you know he says someone murdered a partially clothed animal <laughs> and the way he delivers it he's like someone murdered a partially clothed animal <laughs> and threw a human corpse out a window <laughs> so as the Dean is you know talking to everyone about what happened he's trying to get someone to step forward and say it was them and he's trying to act tough you know Pierce is on behalf of the group asks how do you know it was one of us and the dean just kind of ignores that and says what the f are you wearing <laughs> chris wizard and this is another one of those funny moments where pierce makes like a noise and he's like eh. <laughs> it's really funny jeff actually commits to that and then the dean of course asks if he's having a stroke jeff gets to smile smugly you know his prank is is is, is going quite smoothly and april fool's day is now canceled it's officially going to be march 32nd i'm here for this from now on at greendale and the dean's strategy to make people feel bad and want to come forward is to track down all the people who knew the cadaver and have them one by one come and like chastise this group until someone steps forward and i think that's brutal and yeah a little genius i think that the the idea of it is so good that they they wouldn't even have had to actually have the like the mom come in uh but like so good because just thinking about like a horde of people coming in and saying hey i don't know why you threw my you know as we learned right. most likely uncle's corpse out out the window <laughs> but <laughs> and the dean can confirm that it was definitely someone in this class because he found a hat and a squished frog and chang has a deep fear of frogs <laughs> chang's like i told you that in confidence <laughs> The dean welcomes Glenda into the room, and this old lady does a great job. She just sits down and very politely and kindly tells them little facts about the person <laughs> who's dead. I just wonder how the phone call to get her to do this went. You know, that the dean called this old lady. He was like, hi, so... We I'm have your son's body. I'm the, I'm the dean at the community college where your son's body was donated to. Remember that? Ha <laughs> yeah, it's me, <laughs> Craig. And so he kind of ended up pushed out of a window, splattered all over, broke this really new sign that I was really happy with. Don't worry about it too much. Uh, Can you just come and help me track down the people who did this? And she's like, oh, yes, I'll bring my photo book. (laughs) She brings her son's dream journal and and reads it out to the entire class. And Chang is just kind of like, why is this happening? Why are you just... (laughs) He's like, can I teach my Spanish class, please? And everyone is super uncomfortable. And it definitely eats up at Britta. You know, she has this face instantly that... I don't know. that You could tell that her conscience is not going to let this slide. Yeah. She's starting to feel a little bit guilty she walks outside of the class and now jeff is all on board britta's prank because it was at the expense of someone yep and it was something gross instead of the little thing that she had planned and they have this little conversation where jeff wants to know if britta's gonna fess up about it and she pulls him to the side and explains that you know like it wasn't me but if it was it was an accident and if (laughs) all right oj if she comes forward, it's going to play into the Brita's a buzzkill analogy because now she's effectively canceled this holiday, I guess, that everyone's so excited about. And this is very much like, I don't know, it's a good example of a 
Britta to have like a oh shucks slip on a mop and fall down because she's the goofball one mm-hmm. to do a storyline like that without it being too ridiculous even if the corpse is just too far of a stretch yeah <laughs> yeah i think they it's good because it shows that like even though Britta's just being Britta, like it can really have some ramifications her right. her britta-ness right jeff really uh, implants hard on Britta to tell the truth, mainly because he doesn't want to deal with having all of Harry's 13 nieces and nephews <laughs> one by one to read different pages from his dream journal. And Jeff says that he'll tell everyone that she did it, which is pretty bad friend. Yeah, snitch I ass. I get it. I don't know. I don't think I would rat out a friend on something like that. Not this, I don't think. Until, like, I was going to get in trouble. If I was well, going to get in trouble, I'd be like, it was to my throat. Steven. Pizza cutter to my throat. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that. You know when you when you when you tell someone to decide between two things, you're like gun to your head. Which one do you go for? I'm like pizza cutter to your throat, uh, <laughs> frosted flakes or Lucky Charms. <laughs> what are Ooh, you picking? Frosted flakes all day. Do uh, people? So, I know people do. Why do people get regular Lucky Charms cereal when there's better ones out there? I don't get Lucky Charms cereal. Like I don't. I like the marshmallows, but I don't yeah. like the cereal pieces. The only reason I buy Lucky Charms is to mix them with potato chips. Now I'll make like a Rice Krispie treat out of some Lucky Charms. We might be talking. Why don't wait? Oh yeah, those are good as hell, aren't they? Yeah. Mm, you're right. <laughs> I remember a time when Steak and Shake had cereal shakes, and Frosted, Fli- or, uh, Frosted Flakes was one of them, and it was very good, but so was Lucky Charms, and that was very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now I'm going to be hungry for something that doesn't exist anymore. Annie and Shirley are stalking, uh, trying to figure out who did this heinous crime. It's a really classic scene of, you know, the cops, like, in a surveillance vehicle, trying to see what's going down, and Abed is just behind them, you know, framing it all in shot. We'll have to look here in a second to see what was in his hand. What he's holding. Shirley is to the point where, I don't know, she says to Annie, you know, why is it so important to you that everyone sees you as a badass? And Annie gets to explain her side of it, that she's tired of being seen as a little girl, and Shirley gets to explain that she feels like she's stuck in a margin because of being a parent that's that's getting up there in age, and she doesn't want to be seen that way. And it's a nice little scene where they they both get to get to explain their side of things, but also Abed gets exactly what he wants out of the scene yep. he's framing. You see him in the backseat of the golf cart with what looks like a ton of Laffy Taffies that he's snacking <laughs> on this whole time. He's got and, the movie uh, snacks going this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Annie gets a call from a unmarked number with a disguised voice that tells them that the person they're looking for is Jeff. Very clearly Britta. Yeah, is not, just, not that good of a disguised voice. It sounds just like her, Jeff Winger, I'm calling you. Yep. <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> And he says, she says that it's Jeff because she knows that Jeff is probably going to say it's her. So she acts in retaliation. Mm-hmm. Preemptively. So Annie and Shirley don't really do any actual detective work in this episode. No. They stalk apparently nobody for a little while, get told that it's Jeff, and then they follow Jeff around and try to get him to confess. That's literally it. Is that what police do? Yes. <laughs> Except replace... Uh, Jeff with black people and replace uh, anybody with black people and replace nobody with black black people. 
You've got it. So what you're saying is this episode is actually a really smartly written deep look into the way race plays into the, into the police. Absolutely. They're so ahead of their time. Dan Harmon. <laughs> Jeff is so clearly a metaphor for the black people of America today. Absolutely. Struggle, Jeff Winger is the through. plight of the black American man. You know, every black American has had something in their life that feels like getting a nice faucet taken away. Mm-hmm relatable oh man (laughs) annie and shirley are on the case they're following jeff and now we have like our little action sequence kind of they pull up on jeff and after he you know he's like what's going on cagney lacy he's not taking it seriously and the way that annie and shirley go up to him and start patting him down is really funny shirley's just rubbing his peck they're trying to like one up each other by like patting him down more aggressively and Jeff is just kind of smirking at it. Like, what are you guys doing? I love how they steal his backpack and to search through it, there's like a woman having a book sale and they throw off all of her stuff so they can empty out her ba- out Jeff's bag on it and the lady's like, Hey Top notch bad cop work. <laughs> totally. They look through his bag and it's just stuffed to the brim with Frog-sized clothing. <laughs> it's very damning evidence. It it really is. But say if he's the got enough for frog uh, glove well. doesn't fit. You must, you must rib it. Quit. Oh my god, nice. <laughs> <sighs> so Jeff runs for it now that he he's been framed and caught, which is always the wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, Jeff portraying black people in America because you're you're in you're for, gonna get shot. Yeah. And also, if you're for white people, if 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 you're caught like this, it makes you look guilty. You yeah, because because we'll make it to where we get to discuss whether we're guilty or not. But it'll we, hurt you once you get to court. Yeah, they'll say, "Well, they ran." And but I kind of get the instinct to oh, a hundred percent because fight or flight, like because they don't, uh, and you know, getting we would never get political here. But I mean, honestly, that shows that police are seen as a threat and not a safety thing if it's seen as a safety thing you run towards it if it's seen as something that's going to hurt you you run away well totally i can even this is not a political podcast Mm -hmm. the i can even think of like you know my mother who is Mm -hmm. part of a conservative family and is a law-abiding person uh, and tends to side on the side of the police Mm -hmm. uh i know for a fact that when she's in a car and, like, the police are behind her. She feels like she's really got to, like, adjust what she's doing because yeah. the feeling isn't, if I'm doing something wrong, I'll get caught. The feeling is they're going to look for me doing something wrong or mm-hmm. to catch me on something. And I feel exactly. like that's obviously more of a problem for some people more than others, but I feel like it's pretty universal. It's pretty universal that that's, the, that's what they're seen as. Now, whether or not anything happens to you because of that is, isn't universal, but... Uh, totally anyway but the fear is there so jeff is running annie and uh shirley with abed and toe are chasing after him how does he think he's gonna outrun a golf cart <laughs> there is literally a shot of them driving the golf cart like, <laughs> out of the entrance of the studio lot. yeah like, like, the arm going down <laughs> jeff turns down a sidewalk that they can't drive down so they start running after him on foot very intense action scene. Jeff 
runs. Annie says, "Stop or I'll shoot." And this <laughs> is when we get the great Annie uh, uh, macing herself by running while she's spraying it, while Jeff is way. She too holds far away it down for, for so long and just keeps running through it. And I do think part of this is a visual aid for the audience, so we really yeah. get what, what's going on. And you would think someone wouldn't be stupid enough to do this, but uh, my girlfriend has definitely done this. She said oh, one time no. she was walking like home on the sidewalk, and she it was when she was like a young teenager, and she yeah. had been given mace, and she was trying to make sure it worked, and she sprayed it out in front of her, and then she oh, maced herself. <laughs> like freaking cologne spray. <laughs> oh, that'd be so bad, because pepper spray does not feel good. I've never been pepper sprayed. I have been in... Now, this whole story, spray? I'll tell another time. I wasn't directly. I was on in a train car next to a train car where somebody set off a tear gas bomb. Like, pepper spray, like, little bomb. Like, recently? It was when I lived in France. Oh. We were, like, on the train. It was, like, a whole thing. Oh. Yeah. When, when is going to be the right... What episode of Community matches best with that story? <laughs> they don't do a terrorist attack episode? <laughs> uh, next September, I'll talk about it. Uh, so yeah, Annie makes real bad. None of it gets to Jeff, and Jeff literally just like stops running and turns around and is like, "Oh my god!" This doing? is my favorite Jeff moment of the whole episode because the face that he like, makes, and then he just yeah. walks away because he's very clearly gotten away, gotten out of it. <laughs> and now we cut to for the rest of the episode. Annie's got this great eyeliner smear going on. She picks her hat back up. She tries to pull herself back together. And Jeff got away. They couldn't do it. And it's because they weren't willing to work together. They were working against each other together instead of together together. And that never works. Just you like know, how it's we're been working for 20 episodes, Zach. Against if each it other. <laughs> if it ain't broke. Okay. Uh, so there's a thing where Shirley says, I beg your pardon, Hannah Montana, to Annie, which nice. is a fun uh, meta thing because one of Allison Bree's first acting credits was an episode of Hannah Montana. Really? Yeah. Wow, I never knew. Yeah. Uh, I think she was like a girl that Jackson flirted with or something like that. Now, we, we know from early episodes of this podcast that you're pretty well-versed in your iCarly lore. I am. Uh, how much of that transferred to the, to the Disney Channel? Were you a Hannah Montana head? I was not a Hannah Montana head at all. I've seen I was, I was two episodes. Fan. Yeah. I I liked some of the music. I liked the um, Nobody's Perfect, You okay. Gotta Work. I thought that was a bop. I had the biggest childhood crush on Miley Cyrus before she couldn't be tamed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When she was yeah. the Disney star, I was into it. And I, I'm i totally down with what she does now. Yeah, I like her stuff now. It's she, very she hard music. to see the same person and the way she looks and acts and the music that she does now. Yeah, as much flack as even I gave her at the time when she like made that very drastic switch, she did very successfully shed her Disney Channel image. And she's also like... I don't know, the biggest controversies I can think of surrounding Miley Cyrus are like when she was still kind of young and there were pictures servicing of her like hitting a bong. Yeah. Or there was a time when, or when like everyone was up in arms because she started like twerking Twerking. and like showing her titties and stuff. Yeah. And if you put that up against a lot of the other child stars who have gone on to have much worse issues, she's really not doing so bad. She's not a crackhead, so. I do think the golden example of of are you gonna fame. say my love 
Well, I I don't think so, but I would put her in that. He's talking about Zendaya. No, I was thinking about Hilary Duff. Oh, Hilary Duff, too. I think the prime example of child star who has been in the public eye and well-known their entire life and has just seemed like a stand-up person all throughout, Kenan Thompson. Bingo. That's a good one. He seems like such a nice, upstanding, just regular guy who literally everyone knows who he is, whether from, like, the Good Burger stuff when we were kids or from Mm -hmm. now SNL for 15 years. Yeah. Dude's an icon, and it seems like he gets to live a pretty low-key, quiet life. I think he has kids. He was in Fat Albert? I am very familiar with the Keenan Thompson Fat Albert film. I had a childhood birthday party themed around it. Points to you. I think I I had a Fat Albert phase when I, when that movie came out. I think I was probably ten or eleven. That's an Co- okay phase to have. I I will stand by like Fat Albert being one of the best like children's shows like ever. I definitely took it a little too far though. Like I think I tried out for like Anderson Indiana's mall lobbies got talent, and I sang the Fat Albert theme song, and I talked. One of my friends, we wrote Fat Albert character names on our test at school instead of our real names. So they would be like, who put Mushmouth on on their on their test? Who was it? Can I grade your test, please? <laughs> I can't do it anymore, but I used to proudly boast that I could word by word reenact like the first 20 minutes of the film. I'm amazed and uh, a little aroused. I'm, I'm <laughs> impressed. I don't know how we got from Hannah Montana to Fat Albert, but we sure did. It's a natural <laughs> progression. They're, uh, Shirley and Annie are still fighting over this, and it starts to get personal because, you know, Shirley feels a little bit intimidated by Annie being a young, attractive woman. Annie feels intimidated by Shirley for being, like, an authoritative parental figure. Mm-hmm. And when, in reality, what they both want is to be on the same level as each other. Shirley seems to think Annie is crying and that that's childish, but it's not that she's crying. It's that she <laughs> maced herself. And has mascara all over her face, and Shirley calls her out that that makes you even more of a child. What does Annie call it? Self-inflicted friendly fire? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Shirley and Annie go at it a lot. And I think it is deep down, like like, like they say later, and like you said, it's because they... They're scared of each other because they want what the other one has. And so they're threatened Mm. constantly by the other Mm. person, which is why they're always going at it. I mean, since the first episode. Here there's a funny bit where Abed has to go to the bathroom and he asks someone to hold his seat and gives him movie theater candy if he'll (laughs) hold their spot. But Abed's picking the worst possible moment to go to the bathroom. It's literally when things are like heating up. It's when stuff that he wanted to happen finally starts happening. Yeah. They keep fighting, <laughs> Abed goes to the bathroom, and then after commercial break, now we cut to the, the, a really great scene where we're back in the dean's office, and it's that whole police chief chastising the officers for not having done their job well. Yeah. And the dean, this is when he has that really funny line about, Your high-speed pursuit caused $78 worth of damages, and you didn't even get a statement out of Mr. Winger? and everything the dean says is hilarious in this episode but i think what really makes the scene is when abed decides things aren't going the way that they should be and he chimes in he tells the dean what to say exactly you know his ass is on the line he just got off the phone with the mayor and it works for a (laughs) while until the dean's like stop doing that 
I think it's really funny. Well, because it, it joke- makes the scene seem so much more like important than it really is. Yeah. Right, because like yeah. Yeah, these the jobs not need danger. There's no like problem. They're right. just trying to figure out who dropped I mean, something. And broke I mean, the a sign. human body did fall out of a window. That's not ah. exactly a small potatoes issue, but no, you're <laughs> the right. The big no problem for Greendale's the sign, Zach. Someone's got to pay for those damages. That seventy-eight dollar sign. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the dean jokingly says, "Well, if you wanted to be a certain way, maybe you should do it." Now, but it's like okay, and he jumps right into this perfect. Uh, police chief character something i wanted to ask you does it feel like abed's putting on a little bit too much of a voice to sound like a certain demographic i think that it's intentional that he's doing it because i feel like he's a lot of times in these movies uh and it's, it's not a really stern how old it is black in real man. life it's like a yeah it's an old black dude and abed puts on like that kind of voice sort of and i don't know if that would 2020 slide I think it's okay because it sounds to me that he's like very much channeling Danny Glover. I guess if it's a specific, yeah, okay. Even though Danny Glover, at least in the first four Lethal Weapons that I've seen, is not the chief. Well, the other two were made by a completely different group of people. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) You know, being uh, an actual child, when I think of like grumpy, stern african-american police chief i think ice cube in the jump street films (laughs) which i stand by they're really solid those are both so funny Mm -hmm. i regularly with my mom funny enough joke about the schmidt captions daughter Mm -hmm. scene because i think it is one of the funny like i just was laughing so hard that i like there are so many funny things in that one i think the second one is arguably better than the first one and the first one has that hilarious drug trip scene where they accidentally take the drug that they're trying to find that's pretty great he's like riding on the whiteboard and writes like number six over and over again i feel like that (laughs) used to be a pretty big meme i like that there's also the jesus died for our cynthia's classic (laughs) but then there's also memes from those that i would be fine if i never had to see them again such as my name jeff the name's Yes. Yeah. That one that one has not, not gone away. Speaking of something like that, you know what I watched right before we started recording today? What? The trailer, and I tweeted about it, the trailer for the upcoming sequel to Borat. You're kidding, right? <laughs> you should have seen the turn in Steven's face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real. It's finished. There's a trailer for it, and it's coming out soon. And it That's invo- not good. It involves... Sacha Baron Cohen as Borat coming back to America and he has this like young attractive daughter that he's trying to offer up to Mike Pence and I guess the movie like culminates with like him like in the same room as Mike Pence or something like that and how can he make this movie now because Borat like Borat could absolutely not come out today well Sacha Baron Cohen's whole thing is like it's really edgy comedy but Usually it's pointed in the right mm-hmm. direction where it's And I like Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, he's trying to point out like I don't know, he's trying to point out fools mm-hmm. by making a fool of himself. Yeah. And there's this funny twist in the new Borat that's like you know, a big part of his stuff is that he goes in public and does it. Yeah. And you can't really do that with a character like Borat anymore. No. So there that's like a part of the movie where he's like as Borat, he's like, I can't really go around as Borat because everybody knows me, so he like is in like a fat suit. <laughs> it looks kind of funny. I might actually want to see that then because, yeah. oh, <laughs> I don't even know. 
like when the first one was so popular, it was, was when I was a little kid and I had to like yeah. sneak sneak away to watch something like that. I don't so know if I've seen ever the whole seen thing. it in its entirety. I have Maybe not I'll seen have the whole to. thing. That'll anyway. be a fun date night, Zach. Let's watch Borat. I hope it comes out near Valentine's Day. And there was some awful program on this television called Bruno, and I couldn't turn it off, and I thought, who has a wedding in a hotel with that sort of program on the television? So, uh, that was um, <laughs> Nana from The Office for Jim and Pan's wedding. Okay, okay. Anyway, Abed slips so flawlessly into this character and he strips them of their badges his sciatica is in engorged i don't know what sciatica is if i'm being honest it's not in your foot is it sure i'm is sure that gout? it is it's like my sciatica is acting up i might have to get it removed or is that like a lower back thing i'll ask my chiropractor abed goes into the speech thought you were badasses huh real badasses work together and the dean's just eating his popcorn and enjoying the movie <laughs> at this point. It's a funny way to wrap up the scene. And to have Annie and Shirley be explicitly told what their problem is here and what they need to hear while still mm-hmm. keeping up with this very silly scenario. Yeah. Uh, the way this wraps up works very well for me. <laughs> Outside the office, Leonard is, is carving Dean Pelton's sucks and asks how to spell testicles. He's carving it into the front of his the huge ass desk. desk. And Annie and Shirley just walk past it. <laughs> Leonard in this episode, I mean, he's much like in the PE episode. He's just kind of around, you know, yeah. adding his little jazz. But it's so great. We we now, truly do love Leonard here at You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. This is my favorite Leonard episode so far as well. Yeah. And, you know, this line doesn't work for me because Annie literally says that African-American police chief character Abed was playing was right. I feel like that wouldn't slide. Maybe him doing the voice would slide, but, but literally Annie's saying, like, that you black didn't have dude to point that it Abed out. was pretending to be. Yeah, we got it, you know? We got it, Annie. We're podcasting about it. We got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that wasn't necessary. They're able to make up, and they're also able to, like in all these buddy cop movies, once they're off the force, they're redetermined to solve the case on their own. Back in the study room, uh, Shirley and Annie storm in. They corner Jeff, and they're like, we caught you. And he's like, you caught me. I come here every day at the same time <laughs> with you guys. They, their police work really wasn't anything impressive in this episode. Hey, better than most. That's very true. I would still rather them be in charge. I like uh, the high five that Troy and Abed shares. Abed walks to a seat. I don't exactly understand what it was for. I took it to see that, like, Troy was acknowledging that Abed kind of created this. this. Yeah. Yeah. And was like, nice, Abed. They corner Jeff, and he rats out Britta and says that he can prove it. Uh, He tells the whole story about Britta's prank and how that's the type of thing that she thinks is funny. And uh, when Britta denies this, Jeff's proof is that she puts silly clothes on her cat and takes pictures of it. So, of course, she would think that kind of thing is funny. Jeff's like, why would I do that? I don't think that kind of thing is funny. And uh, they said on the commentary that that's Dan Harmon's cat. Oh, that's Harman's cute. actual cat. Pierce gets out of his seat because the investigation is going nowhere. And he decides that we need a psychic to, uh, to, to pry out of Jeff if he's really being honest or not. And maybe this joke wouldn't fly nowadays, but I think it's very funny 
and Chevy's whole delivery of like the different pieces of gay information he picks out of Jeff's brain one at a time, each one a revelation, is hilarious. I think it's just so funny because Pierce I mean, has had this running joke at Jeff, and this whole episode you feel like this. yeah, and you feel like Jeff like Pierce is taking this so seriously. He's like all this stuff, and then this. <laughs> In a little bit, we get a reveal that yeah, he kind of knew what was going on this whole time, which also doesn't really story track why. Because Pierce isn't the type of person to want to, to like go along, agreeably be embarrassed by something. And I, I don't know, but I do think uh, Chevy Chase yelling "penises, <laughs> two, two penises." penises. Is a blessing that I'm very thankful for while yeah. wearing the cookie crisp. Outfit. Yeah, I that is a highlight. I also appreciate the transition that he has with the dark nightclub throbbing music. <laughs> like this process may alarm you. And Jeff's reaction, like the faces he makes throughout all of this, is very funny. <laughs> dark nightclub throbbing music. Oh. More great physical acting and noises from Chevy. Yeah, on the audio commentary, they said something along the lines of, Chevy was real excited to get to do this line. You know, like <laughs> in that one episode when he was having the sketch comedy group write jokes for him, and they were like, he really likes gay jokes. Yeah. I feel like that came from a real place. It had to. He's like, ooh, uh, that one. Annie and Shirley working together send Pierce to the side, and they're going to take a bad cop, bad cop approach. They ask him to say the right thing, and he won't do it, so Annie slams his head against the desk several <laughs> times, and they handcuff him up, and they're really taking it rough on him. Uh, it's clear that Britta doesn't like to see this because she knows it's her fault, and right before Shirley is about to cut out Jeff's throat with a pizza cutter, which, why does she have that on her? Hey, she's about to go real Shirley in this piece. Uh... Britta framed Jeff, and she's honest, and she tells everyone the truth. Because I'm a buzzkill, that's why. Because that's who I am. That's my role. You guys, you create fun, and I destroy it. Of course a silly little joke ends with a, a dead body on the lawn. I should have known that, but I wanted to do it anyway because I wanted to be like you. I wanted to be funny. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cancer. Oh, good. Come on in. I thought it was Britta. That's so good. And it it helps her case. Everyone understands her. Everyone starts hugging. And this is when we start getting all of the tearful confessions that round out this episode. You know, Annie wanted to feel like an adult. Uh, Shirley wanted to feel like a kid. <laughs> Yvette Nicole Brown said on the commentary that she ad-libbed a line here. And I mm. felt like there was some disdain from Dan Harmon based on this. Uh -oh. Shirley's, Shirley's line, she's like, I wanted to feel younger. but And then she says, but really nobody actually knows how old I am. And I, I know. clarify that I'm not really that old. But there uh, I go again. Yvette, I love that. Yvette just said that. It feels very much to me like a D. Reynolds Nightman Cometh. Just to be clear, I did not, not actually have sex yeah. with that child. It feels very much like shirt, like Yvette Nicole Brown wanted to prove that she wasn't old to the audience. Yeah, and I think that's in line with Shirley, too, so I thought it was really funny. I like that line. I don't dislike the line, but I feel like a decision made like that should be run by the creators and stuff rather than just ad-libbing it in. But whatever. Then be a tyrant, then, Zach. A tyrant? What a, tyrant. a tyrant. Tyrant? A tyrant. What do you mean? That's a Peter Mayhew's character from Game of Thrones. 
Pierce is the next tearful confession. Somebody must have sent me these robes by accident. He really didn't know he was getting pranked. He just thought it all worked out in his favor. He was pretending to be a level six, so everyone thought he was cool. And just like the <laughs> dead body doesn't affect Greendale's uh, viewpoint, I don't think him having made up being a level six uh, affects how cool his friends think he is. No. He got held back. And the way that he erupts into tears, he goes like, I got held back. And then, <laughs> and covers his face <laughs> like a sneeze cry. <laughs> Funny work from Chevy all around this week. Yeah. And last week, we both gave him the MVP. Yeah, we did. So it's He's nice to it right see... Now. Yeah, Pierce have some good moments. I think season two is Pierce's best season, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. He rescinds his Buddha meteor wand erupting Troy's tears, because it's not a meteor, it's a cookie wand. A phenomenal <laughs> crying Donald Glover <laughs> delivery. One of the best, I think, the way he says yeah. cookie wand. It's not a meteor, it's a cookie wand. <laughs> Me and Jeff made it because it made it look more like the cookie Chris wizard. Which is not even a reference I get because the Cookie Chris mascot wasn't a wizard when I was a kid. It was a burglar. <laughs> I just pretended like I knew because I wanted Jeff to think I was smart. Mm-hmm. Cookie one. Perfect. And this is when we get his, you know, re- revelation about the Cookie Crisp mascot wasn't a wizard when he was a kid. It was a burglar. And we have the revelation that it wasn't even a burglar when we were a kid. It's a wolf. Dog, wolf thing, yeah. And I thought the Cookie Crisp was like a new cereal when I was little, because when they came out, I was like, wow. That's that's... because they always change up their mascot. It's crazy. Imagine if Tony the Tiger was just like, I don't know, a cat. Everyone's having big emotional breakthroughs. I love when episodes of Community end with these big eruptions, and then they all come together for a hug. This is definitely one of those episodes. They end all thinking better of each other one thing i would like to say is this makes me like the cadaver thing even less because they don't resolve it they don't show britta like saying that she did it they don't show her getting reprimanded for it it just feels like everything dropped it i agree dean dropped it because he got taken away in annie and shirley and abed's thing Mm -hmm. it's just gone the police and i don't like that yeah they should have had a little, at least a line, like a button on it. She could have at least been like, this is really going to suck when I have to say what I did. Or like, yeah. oh man, I have like, to I'll, I'll tell the Dean this new sign. Yeah. But it does give everyone a chance to reflect on how they've been referring to Britta as a buzzkill and see how it's affecting her and how she views herself. And it would be nice if this was a lesson they learned throughout the rest of the series. But <laughs> Wouldn't it be... But it's done after today. <laughs> they say Britta's the heart of the group. I don't think she's the number one place, but I think it's a valid opinion. Yeah, and I, I think Britta Jeff will say anything to help my friend down feel better. Yeah. It helps Britta feel a little bit better. They all erupt into a group hug other than Jeff and Abed. And it's really nice. You know, Jeff is able to see this is kind of weird and has the <laughs> great line of of why are you and I the only sane ones and Abed saying, you know, just watch. Just like <laughs> this is beautiful, just like it. As Pierce uh, you know, says to the group, Let's never let Jeff divide us again when Jeff had nothing to do with any of this as usual. <laughs> it's all Jeff's fault. And that's the end of the episode. Everyone is hugging. Uh Troy is offered a bite of Pierce's cookie wand and we're out. We're fade to black. I like that cookie wand probably improv line being last 
Yeah, I do too. And now let's dedicate some time to this end tag. It's an absolute hey, classic. It, this if episode. you will, a tag so memorable that one could even say it had a lot to do with the early baby ideas of us doing something community related together. Yes. Yes, it does. Shout outs to Dom and Andre of Dom and Andre in the morning. This mm-hmm. is where that comes from. There was a point when we considered calling our podcast Zach and Steven have a podcast and delivering it in a similar way I'm glad we didn't do that yeah I like what we went with instead uh that would have been if we had both started our podcast at the same time like we did and had almost the same the name, same that name crazy it would have been a lot so Choi and Abed in the morning what's there to say about it that you don't already know you know Abed and Choi are very excitedly hosting a daytime talk show Jeff is their guest. Uh, they they totally ham up the talk show host personality type stuff. They've even got a a, a series of non enthused people standing in the background holding up fan signs. Yeah. I'm trying to read. I think it says I am your biggest fan. Biggest fan. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they set up Jeff's interview. He doesn't really have much to say, and they do the classic like. I think we have a clip. Let's see what your clip is. (laughs) And when they go to play Jeff's clip, they just mimic Jeff and say (laughs) some Jeff-type things. Well, and what's great is that they all have microphones on (laughs) for some reason. Yeah. I like when when Troy does his Jeff voice and is like, this shit was expensive. I have big muscles. He puts on like a British accent. (laughs) And then when Jeff starts feeling offended, he's like, what is this even? Who's watching this? And they're like, oh, we're not filming this. This (laughs) Who would want to watch this? They're just playing like they always are. It's adorable. It's wholesome. It's funny. And it's a classic of the series for a a great reason. Yeah. Good. Anything you have to say left about Troy and Abed in the morning? No, I just, just enjoying it. It's great. I uh, am happy that to watch it all over again and see the first one and bring back some happy memories. Yeah, it did. This is one of those episodes that had a lot of things that I didn't remember being in it. Mm -hmm. So it was good to revisit it. Um, Not a top, top tier, but a very solid episode. If it didn't have that cadaver thing, it would have been miles better. Uh, So this all being said, I still stand by, I think this is a really well-rounded cast episode. Yeah. I think everyone... Uh, main cast and and like additional cast members all have good moments so this being said who stands above the rest i had some trouble with this one this week me too Um, they're pretty even yeah all of them are i have landed though okay after much deliberation i've gone against my heart i'll say honorable mention is britta this week for me. Okay. I really liked Britta this episode, but because partially of the whole cadaver thing, she kind of doesn't... Not really her fault, but yeah. that's what she spent her time doing. Exactly. Yeah. Then she doesn't get it for me. So I actually gave it to our old buddy Abed this week. I think that even though he necessarily isn't the focal point of any of it, he has such a funny impact on the whole story that I love it. You know, I think I'm going to throw a curveball, and I think Abed is well-deserved, and I almost went that same direction, mm-hmm. but every week I've been waiting for a chance to give Dean Pelton my MVP, yeah. and I think this is probably the first one that I feel willing to give to him. Uh, everything he says is hilarious. We see a lot more of him. Anytime that Dean's on camera, he's maybe my favorite character in the series, and mm-hmm. he makes me laugh whenever he's here. I think Jim Rash is an absolute gem. 
So just because we got more of him and yeah. the and the weirdness that is Dean Craig Pelton, I'll give it to him this week. But I absolute, love it. Absolute honorable mention to Abed and to Pierce to a degree. Yeah, Pierce absolutely. Pierce was so and funny this whole episode. This wraps it up. For yeah. This week of you can't disappoint a podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you had fun. I sure didn't. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, we're twenty in, and I think now it's safe to say that I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> when we signed I, on we're like we'll give it 20 we'll, give, we'll it 20. give it 20 i said i'll at least give it as many episodes as i gave attack on titan before i liked it and well i don't <laughs> i was i, I was disappointed uh, <laughs> yeah please involve or please get involved with our social media on twitter if you follow us at you can't just a pod you can get involved with our season one bracket to help us determine the best episode of the entirety of season one as we begin to uh, you know, uh, a little bit sadly wrap up our coverage on season one, but excitedly move on to our coverage of season two. Yeah, in the next. I'm really months. excited to get into season two. Um, also, other than Twitter, you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. Uh, they can also find us on Facebook at You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Yes, and please remember if you want to get involved with our trivia, which please do if you haven't already. This week. Send us trivia questions for the next three episodes, which again are Contemporary American Poultry first, then The Art of Discourse, which is the infamous Schmitty episode, and then Modern Warfare, which I would love to be a big trivia week because it's such a big community episode. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get to... I mean, I'm really excited for next week because we're going to have a guest and we're going to, you know, it's going to be really great, but I'm probably just as excited for for Modern Warfare because that's going to be really fun to cover. Especially I'll, because I very intentionally did not rewatch it when we did the season one rewatch mm-hmm. uh, live stream, because I'm very excited to to come at it, revisit it really without fresh. having kind of watched it. Yeah, because Same, this is I one that I probably remember really well. My watching of it on TV because of something that mm-hmm. happens in the episode, I remember being like, "What?" So I uh, definitely excited to revisit it. And I'll go ahead and let the bat out of the cage, and I'll edit this out if things change over the next week. Mm-hmm. Next week, we will be having our first full-fledged guest host. It'll be three of us next week. Uh, my good friend from high school, Alex Webster, will be joining us. Uh, we bonded over community in high school. It was a big part of what made us friends, and we did a lot of creative stuff together in those years. And Alex has actually moved on to live in L.A. and to seek out and find work in the entertainment industry. Yeah, and we haven't have talked in a long and... time. I'm excited to talk community with him, and he's a great personality. I think you guys will enjoy him a lot. So that'll be next week when we discuss the great contemporary American poultry. Yeah, so get your uh, chicken tenders ready, boys and girls, and and all who inhabit the earth. Be ready to uh, chow down and consume some subpar opinions on a great show. I think that wraps it up, Stephen. Do you have any last words for our people? Um, let's see. Uh, stay informed, stay knowledgeable, and stay thirsty, my friends. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, and have a very happy March 32nd. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven. And we will see you next week. Have a great week. Bye, guys. For you bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come?